SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. I'd like to welcome our A-team guest, Associate Professor and Academic Coordinator of the Interdisciplinary PhD Program in Public and Population Health in the School of Public Health at the University of Witwatersrand. That is uh, Associate Professor Jude Inigbo. Thank you very much for joining us, Jude. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. Good evening to you and good evening to your listeners. You wrote an article and uh, based on some of the research that you have done, uh, talking about the fact that, uh, you know, Africa needs more research to look into um, our health issues. Could you take us through this particular um, uh, particular article that you wrote and what cited it? Yes. Then this is for a moment. Hello. You, uh, we can hear you. Okay, thank you very much. Yes. Um, so the study we did uh, was uh, to look at uh, one of the donor-funded capacity development programs in Africa, uh, the Consortium for Advanced Research and Training in Africa uh, called CARTA. It's a consortium of eight African universities, four research centers, uh, with a host of other northern, non-African partners. Um, it's, uh, the organization is jointly led by Vitz University and African Population and Health Research Center based in Nairobi. Uh, the, the, the goal of the organization really is to develop uh, a vibrant academy of, um, of African scientists who are able to lead world-class multidisciplinary research that makes positive impact on population and public health. And in doing so, um, it does that by... Um, providing PhD fellowships to um, staff of partner institutions um, to allow them to get their PhD on time with the necessary support uh, that it provides. And this uh, support really is uh, helping universities to augment um, a conducive environment for research within their institutions by training both academic and non-academic staff to support research uh, um, in, in various institutions. Uh, well, specific to the PhDs, it runs a number of uh, seminars and workshops and supports publications, um, the attending of conferences, um, cross-pollinating between different uh, institutions across Africa to learn different cultures and different ways of doing science in high-resource environments and low-resource environments and um, encouraging collaborations generally to promote um, research uh, capacity in the continent. And in the particular study that we did, uh, they are funded mostly to build capacity for research in the institutions, but this particular program focuses on uh, public and population health. So with thoughts of looking at how much impact they are making in terms of the research they produce that speak to public and population health. And that uh, gave us a, a, a quick snapshot of what um, the kind of studies that are being conducted by people supported by this program. In its uh, about 10 years of existence, uh, we looked at the first eight years that a number of uh, people that were admitted in the program increased quite rapidly from the first year 
um, almost uh, taking almost 20 to 25 um, fellows each year from each of the eight institutions across the continent. And in, in the first eight years, they were able to produce close to um, eight, over 800 uh, peer publications. And most of these publications cut across topics such as um, um, infectious diseases that would in, include things like HIV, malaria, TB, STN, and, and other co-infections. Um, the, most of the studies also looked at things like your health systems issues, around governance, human resources, um, skills to provide um, services to people in hospitals, etc. And uh, non-communicable diseases as well were covered, given its importance. And uh, violence, uh, maternal and child health issues, food security, these are some of the areas that were covered. And most of these areas also are in line with um, African development agenda, as certified by both the World Bank, the uh, um, the African Development Bank, and the African Union, and of course part of the Sustainable Development Goals. So, so most most of this, the the studies currently being done by these fellows, um, as a result of the support that they are getting through these external sources, um, seem to be uh, seem to be contributing at, at least producing significant amount of science. Um, uh, uh, through through this uh, program, and uh, such as uh, where you found the article that you have referred to is one avenue that we use to translate most of the science into plain language that people can understand. Um, the, the paper we wrote was quite uh, complex with your p values and percentages and and uh, and all that. But through uh, the, 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 the avenue, which is a conversation, you, you are able to simplify most of this science in a language that anybody can understand so that stakeholders such as policymakers, um, advocacy groups, and um, other, other users of information, including yourselves as journalists who help us to share this information, is able to utilize this information for us to get more awareness around some of the issues uh, that we encounter. Now, as you the, to... go ahead. Yes. So what I was just going to point out that uh, the the essence of the paper, the, the the article that uh, you you referred to is really on the fact that um, while progress is being made, a lot still needs to be done. And that lot, it's why I think, um, you know, that we, we need to talk more about in terms of uh, um, African development because um, the, the, the self-reliance of any, uh, or, uh, any country really would depend on how much we invest in things such as higher education for the values that it brings. Now, in terms of all this research that is being done, which is very good to uh, ignite um, research around communicable diseases and infectious diseases, we are aware that in sub-Saharan Africa, that's where majority of the HIV infections are. Um, will we see some collaborations between, um, you know, those who produce the medication for HIV and uh, other infectious diseases and communicable diseases, and the collaboration between them? and the African scientists who are currently undergoing these PhD programs? Yeah, well, um, 
part of the the model used in this particular uh, program is the strong collaboration between um, Africa and our northern partners who are better resourced to do the most kind of research that you refer to and also have the kind of laboratory infrastructure for very, very advanced research. So increasingly, we are, we are seeing a lot of collaboration between them. We wrote a similar paper too, where we looked at uh, uh, the extent to which we are working together with them. And um, it was quite impressive, uh, the amount of collaboration that we see between Africa and the, and, and, and the, and the rest of the world. And uh, what was equally impressive in that whole analysis is that uh, the with that uh, a situation where we are just contributors, uh, we you see young African scientists also serving as uh, either the first authors or the lead authors to some of these very advanced and very important work that uh, we're seeing happening around the world. So increasingly, Africa is getting uh, more competitive as a result of uh, programs such as this. And uh, we're hoping that, um, you know, that... Um, giving space and time and more resources and a more conducive environment, um, a lot more of that can happen. When you talk of a conducive environment and uh, pairing that with the support that is needed for African health researchers, what sort of um, environment is that? What sort of needs are those that you mention when you're looking for support? Well, a conducive environment... um, one would, of course, think of things like a basic infrastructure for research, that we have labs that are well-equipped. Um, you, we, have, um, we have good governance within our institutions, um, where uh, you have um, university leadership uh, and, uh, that's, um, uh, that creates an environment that allows research to flourish, and also able to... Um, um, develop talent and, and retain talent within its institutions. And uh, also where resources are scarce, uh, have means and ways of developing coll- collaborations to harness efficiencies in terms of uh, pulling scarce resources together, uh, creating communities of practice of individuals with similar experience to advance a, a certain phase that we could be lacking in, either in terms of capacity. Um, 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 we, we could also, you know, encourage things like multidisciplinarity in terms of our approach to things, uh, given our understanding that uh, increasingly the, the, the challenges we face are getting more and more complex, complex in a way that no one discipline can answer all the questions anymore. Um, the, if you were to take the current pandemic or the uh, other issues, global challenges such as climate change, we increasingly need people to work together and we need environment that facilitates um, that, that kind of uh, um, uh, uh, collaboration between, between scientists. Um, you know, and also sensitizing other role players within the institution. Uh, that uh, academic research uh, would not depend on only the academics. Even the administrators also play a role that uh, either in managing finances or the efficiency in which labs are managed, um, having systems to ensure that they are also equipped and trained 
to work closely with scientists in developing innovations and discoveries is critical to um, advancement of science in Africa. Well, uh, you know, what, what um, as we uh, close off our section, what are the just, you know, the things that you can say to encourage those who are still, um, you know, studying towards becoming researchers? What can they look forward to? Will we be having a, a robust research uh, unit within Africa? Can they be looking forward to great collaborations? Certainly, the, the, the world is changing. Um, you see how much the world has changed in the last few, few, uh, five to six months as a result of the current pandemic, that things are not the way they used to be anymore. Um, so we are rethinking and realigning rearrangement of what the future would look like. And as a scientist, um, you know, we, we see some of these challenges as opportunities to, to innovate and find better, uh, new and better and stronger ways of doing things. And for that, I see the future as actually more exciting and more um, something to look forward to, that um, things will not be the way it used to be, that um, we'll find better and more efficient ways of doing things. Um, the, the typical example of people working from home, which was, on head of the four. Um, managers would rather want to see you in the office, sitting down by your computer and getting things done. But now we've seen people's productivity even increase as a result of working from other spaces. So, so the future is unknown, and that in itself brings, um, you know, a, uh, um, a lot of expectations to say, well, what should we look forward to? But promising all the same because a lot of very strong foundation has been laid that would facilitate that smooth transition into the future. We've seen the role that IT has played in terms of integrating people uh, despite the spaces between us. And that, in, in many ways, has made the world even smaller, that collaborations then get even much easier as a result of um, us learning to work remotely, us learning to share resources, and find other ways of uh, uh, being more and more efficient than we've been in the past before. So in my view, I think, um, you know, as a scientist, uh, I, I look forward to what the next phase would bring because um, I think it, it, also, it, it would error in a lot of new uh, innovations. And those innovations are there for people who are, are willing to come on board to pursue and uh, create uh, new things than we've we've been used to. Thank you so very much, uh, Associate Professor Jude Inugbo. It's been such a great pleasure having you. Pleasure.